Ghosts, specters, whatever you want to call them, they've been around for thousands of years. Apparently she died from a tooth infection in one of the upstairs rooms in the house. As at the locations they haunt. History of a Haunting podcast tells you all about these famous, infamous, and almost famous locations. And why they became terrifying places to visit. Grab a glass of wine and settle in with your hosts, Archie. I mean, that was definitely the wrong thing to do. And Carrie. Nobody asked for it, Carrie. Nobody fucking asked for it. But hey, my podcast, and I'll say what I fucking want. (laughs) Two people just winging it in life and this podcast. So enjoy this week's episode of History of a Haunting. We're back from hiatus. It's history of a haunting. Hey, everybody. Um, I don't think we should say who we are anymore. They know. Okay. Fuck you guys. I mean, yeah, if you guys don't know who we are, then what the hell? No, kidding. I'm Carrie. <laughs> I'm Archie. We are back with um, our next episode, our next location from our month-long hiatus. Um, even though we are actually recording this a couple of weeks before it drops. Um, because Archie, the big business traveler, is going to be out of town next week, so we've got to record it. Yeah, we have to record it now. I have to go close an office over the holiday weekend. No, happy Thanksgiving to those people. Well, you're not evicting them. It's not like you're... No, no, they're subletters, and they're waiting until the last possible moment to leave, so I'm really in a bind. Yeah. Yeah, like the lease expires on the 30th of November and they're exiting the building on the 27th. So it's like, oh, great. Okay. Well, next time we know. Yeah. For next time. Change the lease. <laughs> okay. right, so while Archie figures this shit out, we are um, recording over Zoom for now because um, my lovely neighbors complained about my dogs barking. So <laughs> we got them bark collars because then my landlord said that if we didn't get it under control in 10 days, he was evicting us. Ooh. Since my house isn't going to be ready until February or March next year, we can't be evicted. So <laughs> we got the dogs bark collars and we're getting them, giving them time to get used to it because every time they come over, every time Archie comes over, the dogs lose their minds and bark incessantly for at least 15 minutes. And so I'm like, well, we're not going to be able allowed to have that anymore yeah so for the first time we are recording over uh zoom and um it's not because of covid threats or scares <laughs> well and the fact that skype let us down the last couple of times yeah we switched to zoom um because the episode that we were doing today is one that we've been trying to bring you guys since before we went on hiatus uh, we actually recorded it for the very first time when I was in San Diego back in the middle of October. So over a month ago, mm-hmm. uh, and Skype only recorded the first 20 minutes. Um, and so then we had to re-record my part and it only recorded the first 20 minutes of the re-recording. So Skype betrayed us. So we moved to zoom <laughs> and hopefully we'll be fine. Cause if this doesn't work, then I don't know what the fuck we're going to do. We'll have to go, I guess our other podcast recording place, which is your office. <laughs> because I don't have one. I don't have an office. Mm-hmm. Ow. 
my head hurts. Um, Chewie bashed me in the head, like right between the eyes last night. And so with his cast iron head. And so now I have a bump and it hurts. Um, welcome back to history of a haunting. That's the, you guys have missed this. I know this garbage BS nonsense. Um, Okay, so let's, we have so much to get you guys up on before we get into the episode and the location that we're going to do this week. So let's go over our EVPs, our endless vocal prattling. Um, The first thing that we want to let you guys know is, okay, so this episode actually is coming out on December 5th, but um, we were featured uh, on an episode of Murder, Murder News on YouTube. Archie and I had the uh, wonderful, wonderful opportunity to sit down with one of the hosts of Murder, Murder News, um, Aurora. She was amazing. And it was a... Yeah, it was a great time. Um, Their episode actually um, aired, they put it on YouTube on November 20th. So um, by the time you guys hear this episode, it was a couple weeks ago, but I encourage everybody to go and find it. They... um, it's quick little episodes. They're not big, long, in-depth episodes, but they do cover a couple of true crime cases. They also, um, each week, they feature a podcast, um, and they do podcast recommendations. And on this particular episode on the 20th of November, we were the featured podcast. Woo-hoo. Yeah, so um, she does a little interview with Archie and I, and we discuss things, uh, all things HOAH. So um, please go have a, a look at that, because we're... We're very proud and honored, and and uh, yeah, so interviews and oh god, we're just we're so famous. Look at us. Look at us. <laughs> um, we did. Let's see what else we did have. Some hiatus hijinks that we went on Arch. Um, so I had hosted the uh, Halloween paranormal investigation tour of the Phelps Dodge Hospital in Ajo. And uh, Tony and Cherie Rathman, that they run Copper Canyon Paranormal Research Center. They are the ones that actually run those tours every week. But they were um, having their own amazing time investigating the Queen Mary for the Dark Zone TV that weekend. And it was all done live. The the ship is hasn't had any guests on it since the pandemic started in March. So it's been empty for Chewbacca. It's been empty for, see how well the bark collar is working? <laughs> Yay. Dog Rook found it on Amazon. Um, <laughs> um, the, um, the Queen Mary had been, um, has been empty and no guests, nothing since March. So they were um, one of a number of paranormal investigation teams that got to investigate the entire ship. No one else on it the entire weekend of Halloween. So um, if you, I would highly recommend searching that Dark Zone TV, the Queen Mary Live. It was amazing. Um, I did watch some of it while I was able to. But while they were doing that, they asked me to host the paranormal investigation of Phelps on Halloween. And we had the best time. It was super crazy. We caught so much evidence and I put it together in a fun video that um, we released to the Patreons. So tons of EVPs. Um, I will say that while we were there, we smelled the really strong smell of urine in the basement, Archie. Oh, charming. Yeah. I was like, do you guys smell that? And they were like, that's urine. And 
um, one of them was like, is that from the, cause they saw the mice poop that you guys had seen when we mm-hmm. were there at the podcast event. They're like, is that from the mice? And I was like, that's a lot of mice pee. Like, yeah. When we were in the basement during our little excursion there, no smells, nothing. Really? Yeah. This yep. was a very heavy human urine smell and then it just disappeared and then we also smelled blood upstairs outside the x-ray room it's like you know what the smell you know what blood smells like you can't it was very distinct so we smelled that um at one point um uh, uh, something held my hand at one point um better than touching your face I mean, kind of, yeah, that's true. Um, and then there was a shadow um, figure that kept following one of the girls around upstairs. So you guys can, can catch that. We did a, it was, I think it was like an hour long Facebook live, I believe, that we had done. So you guys can check that out on Facebook on the podcast page. But um, yeah, all of the great evidence and stuff that we captured, um, we, I put together in a fun little video and we posted that to the Patreons. Hey! Wow, those bark collars are remarkable, aren't they? <laughs> if they have figured out how much, how loud they can be without setting it off. Damn it. That's smart. That's really smart. <laughs> I know, god damn it. <laughs> it's like, thanks for s- skirting the rules, guys. So that was one of the things that we've done that went on while we were on hiatus. And then um, Arch... We got to tell them about San Jose and San Francisco. Oh, we, God, that was the best thing ever. That was the best, best time. We had so much fun. We went specifically to go to the Winchester Mystery House. And then we mm-hmm. were like, you know, we're only an hour from San Francisco. <laughs> <laughs> so then we went to San Francisco and um, we... God, we just had the best time driving around San Francisco. And then the following day, the day we were flying home, we went to Alcatraz. So, Arch, why don't you tell them about Winchester Mystery House and, like, what it's like to be at that place? Oh, God, what a a trip. That was amazing. Winchester Mystery House is... I, I cannot speak for the guided tours because we've never been on them. Right. But the self-guided tour was actually, it was really cool. They have set up barriers, so you walk through the house like it's a maze. Yeah, it's all like one way. Oh, whiny puppies. I know. Hang on. Okay, sorry. That's okay. So anyway, they got the, it was a one-way tour. tour. Yeah. It, was, it, was, it was really neat. And I really enjoyed the fact that we got to hang around and explore the individual rooms on our own. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, yeah. I thought that was really neat. Yeah. We got to take as much time as we wanted um, with it um, because of social distancing. They were only letting like um, it was all self-guided. It was all one way, which think they had little yellow arrows on the floor to show you like which way to go throughout the house, which thank God, because. Yeah. It's a massive house. Mm-hmm. And it, it just, it is, it is everything everybody describes it to be the way that you see it in pictures, the way that you see it on TV, 
Um, it is exactly how you would imagine it being. So confusing, so chaotic with just, you know, doors that open into walls and the stairs to nowhere. We got to see some of the most famous features of the house, the, the door to nowhere and the stairs that go up to nowhere. Mm-hmm. Um, it, was, it wasn't disappointing a- at all. What was a little jarring, even though when we talk about it in the episode, Archie, it's like right off, what was that freeway? The 280? The 280. It's right off the 280 on Winchester Boulevard. That was the only thing that was jarring. It was like literally like, bam, right there, right off the freeway is this infamous 100 plus year old house Mm -hmm. in the middle of San Jose. And um, we said it, I don't know, 900 times in the episode. Oh my God, we have to go see it. We have to go see it. And we finally (laughs) got to, and um, it was just, it was Truly, truly amazing from the gardens to um, inside the house and seeing those wind, those Tiffany windows. Oh my God, I know. Um, what was your favorite part of it? The windows, for sure. Yeah, they were gorgeous. Oh, beautiful. The stained glass. <laughs> oh, everywhere. So yeah, we the Winchester Mystery House was amazing. I think my favorite part... I think my favorite part was the part of the house that had been destroyed in the earthquake that they had just, she had just left as is like they, she did. Yeah, yeah. That was pretty neat. She didn't have them fix it or anything. And it actually looked like you had stepped into an old Victorian house house that seriously, these bark colors, I swear to God, they figured out how loud they can bark without setting them off. <laughs> Damn it. Um, like you just walked into a house that had just been destroyed by an earthquake cracks in the ceiling. And like, again, what was the name of that designer? Um, You were going to say that it's like plaster, but more substantial. Yeah. Like a embossed, the embossed designs in it. Yeah. I cannot remember. And it was so cool. Yeah. So that was like broken off the walls. You could like see that, like, you could see like down to the studs and the walls of some of these rooms that had been destroyed by the earthquake. It was, it was pretty wild. It was absolutely everything I had hoped it would be just as crazy as I hoped it would be. It was, I was like, God, it's just exactly what you, what you think it is. Um, And it was decorated for Christmas, which was one of the first things I shouted at Archie, who, by the way, could see it was decorated for Christmas. Because, you know, he was fucking there. Um, And I'm like, Archie, it's decorated for Christmas! (laughs) Your your excitement was absolutely adorable. (laughs) How many times you mentioned it's decorated for Christmas, but I think it was maybe every five or ten minutes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Probably. Probably. And they had, um, it was just, it was just still gorgeous inside. So now I'm like, well, now I can never come back to the Winchester mystery house unless it's a Christmas. Cause otherwise I'm going to be like, well, this is boring. <laughs> where's all the garland and where's all the, like, I'm always like there some of their most popular biggest rooms had Christmas trees in them. And, um, it was just stunning. It was just stunning. Um, were they playing, didn't, weren't they piping in Christmas music too? No. Not in the house? Was it out? No. That no. Might, 
That was outside. It was the audio recordings. That's what I'm thinking of. I thought in some of the places. Might have been been a little bit in your head, but I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. Anyway, so Winchester Mystery House, if you guys haven't been there, definitely go. It's so worth it. Oh, my God. And God, how long were we there? Like about a couple hours? Yeah, I think we finished up at about two hours, like you estimated. Yeah, yeah. And then we zipped up to San Francisco, and, uh, well, Archie had been there. I was five the last time I was in San Francisco. So, Arch, why don't you uh, tell them all about... 20 years ago when I was there, but... Yeah. But with this trip for us, we got to drive through Golden Gate Park, which I'd never been, mm-hmm. down through the Presidio, which I did not know you could drive through. Yeah. <laughs> All the way down to the um, to the old-timey Civil War um, port right underneath the Golden Gate Bridge. Right underneath the bridge, guys. I was like, whoa, this is insane. Yeah, yeah. I, I know you kept talking about, I want to see the bridge, I want to see the bridge. Uh-huh. <laughs> driving and I was giving directions and I I got us down to the fucking Golden Gate Bridge. I got us right underneath it. <laughs> right underneath it. And we got out of the car and I was like, holy crap. <laughs> <laughs> It was so fun. Oh my God. That was such a great day. It was such a great day. It was fucking freezing too. Oh God. Well, and yeah, it had been like 90. We'd been, since we live in Phoenix, it, it was a hundred degrees, the longest it's ever been. Mm-hmm. And it was 90 degrees, the latest it's ever been. Yeah. So for us to go to San Francisco, we're, we're wearing like two sweatshirts, a jacket and a coat. <laughs> My beanie that I got in Jerome from the Haunted Hamburger. I was <laughs> Instead of hiding in the shade, we're looking for sun. It's like, where can I be in the sun and out of the wind? <laughs> it was insane. It was so cold there. It was great. It was worth it, though. It was so worth it, though. It was so worth it. And just like one of those last minute decisions to like drive up there and go to Alcatraz. So then we had an amazing dinner at um, the Fog... Crap, I forgot again where we had dinner. <laughs> what? It was Pier 39. Pier 39, the... Fog House. Was it Fog House? God, people, help us out. What's the name of this restaurant? <laughs> Jesus, this is ridiculous. Um, I'm trying to look on, on Facebook on some of our posts because we... We're utterly failing. <laughs> we are. Well, it's taking forever to like... Um, anyway, we had a great time and a great meal. <laughs> yes, we did. Um, we did a bunch of Facebook Lives for the people on Facebook. You know what? It's not... I don't know. The Fog Harbor or something or other. It was amazing. They had the best drinks. Uh, oh, yeah. The best drinks. Uh, yeah, the, the lobster was amazing and... Uh, the steak was just phenomenal and yeah, it was, it was wonderful. And then we got to go to the big daddy of all paranormal places, Alcatraz the next day. It was pretty much an outdoor tour because the cell block was under construction. Yeah. And that was the one thing I was like, ah, well, maybe I don't want to go because the cell blocks are really what I wanted to see more than anything else. Yeah. The, it, definitely go to the gift shop first. 
if you go, because after you exit, you get to talk to one of the people who works for the historic park that is the island. And she told us the best route to go mm-hmm. see what to do and how to get back to where we wanted to go. So we got we got our bang for the buck out of that lady. Props to her. She was wonderful. Yeah. She Oh my god, it was incredible information again. We got to see everything we wanted to see except for, you know, the closed part. <laughs> yeah, I know. And I keep checking like the website every now and then and they're still under construction and it doesn't give any kind of ETAs to when they're going to be like what kind of construction they're doing or when it's, it's going to reopen. It's probably a COVID closure. They just have a convenient name for it. Probably. Just because that would be an enclosed place with people all gathering. Probably. I mean, they did have an amazing um, art installation about... um, Oh, the Native American um, occupation that we talked about in the episode. Yeah, the Indian occupation, yeah. Um, They had an amazing... In the new, it was in the new industries building, which um, when it was a prison, the prisoners used to work there in in that building. And and so now it's this big, amazing art installation about um, the Indian occupation of Alcatraz in the 60s. It was creepy to me because I knew that an inmate had killed another inmate in that very building. So I was like, this is creepy. We need to get the hell out of here. (laughs) Um, Plus they also had these black like silhouette cutouts of guards, like up above as you're walking through, you look up and (laughs) see these like bars up above, like where the guards would oversee the inmates and you, Archie kind of tapped my shoulder and and pointed and I looked up and I was like, Oh, Oh, it's just one of those (laughs) fake things. Um, But yeah, that woman actually, she was wonderful because I had asked her, I said, what side of the Island do they think the three guys that actually successfully escaped or, well, yeah, I mean, she's like, they think it was from the North side of the Island. and, And so I made sure to like, you know, take a picture of that side of the Island. And she explained like why they thought they went to the North side of it rather than like the South side of it. She was a wealth of knowledge. It was amazing. So you should absolutely go through the gift shop first and and speak to those women. They were just really wonderful. Um, I also got to buy a piece of the rock. Um, (laughs) The money goes toward um, to the national parks and and help with the upkeep and the maintenance of Alcatraz, which is little by little, like parts of it are slowly like eroding away into the bay as they do. That's what she said. She's like, that part of the Island is eventually going to crumble into the bay because they don't even let people on that side. Um, There's a building over there on the North side that they didn't even let any, but like there's a fence. I think that didn't have razor wire on the top of it. Like you couldn't even go down into that area. Yeah. Yeah. They're definitely cordoned off places just because it's unsafe for you to go. And it's, yeah, she's, it's, she said it's actually crumbling into the bay. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> so um, yeah, we had the best time. We did some Facebook lives from there as well. So you can check those out on our, our Facebook page. And then, um, yeah, so those are some of the best uh, hiatus hijinks that we've gotten up to while we've, we've been off. And um, it's been much needed. I think we both needed a recharge and, and uh yeah, so we're ready to to 
to get back at it. Um, we do have some fun stuff coming um, for you guys. Uh, we are going to be having a recurring guest host joining us starting next week um, in uh, our friend, Laura. She was one of the, one of the folks that came with us to our um, Phelps podcast events in October. And um, so she's going to be a recurring guest host. Um, it's going to be different. Laura's a skeptic. So she's going to kind of bring a different perspective to the show. And, um, the cool thing about it is that she's never going to know the location that we're going to discuss until we actually get to recording and telling the story. So she's going to find out about it with all of you guys. Um, and then just, you know, bring that different perspective to the show. Um, I think it's going to be really fun. I think it's going to be a new twist. And I really think that our listeners are, are really going to enjoy it because she's a skeptic, not a non-believer. And there's a difference. Oh, for difference. sure. Um, so I can't wait. Yeah, it's going to be pretty fun. So next week we're going to have uh, Laura's going to start joining us as a, our recurring guest host, and then um, the last thing I want to talk about is Patreon. Um, we have, uh, like I said earlier, all of the evidence that was captured at the Halloween event at the Phelps Dodge Hospital that was uploaded to Patreon, as well as. Um, the very first episode that we recorded, and the only episode, <laughs> frankly, of Sometimes People Suck, I edited it, edited it, edited it, and words are back to being hard. <laughs> uh, I edited it, and I uploaded that to Patreons as well. So um, if you join Patreon at the 2 or the $5 level, you can hear the very first, but not the last, episode of Sometimes People Suck. Um, we cover the DC mansion murders and I had, we did this a couple of months ago, Archie and I had actually just this week been editing it and remembered that you were horrified through much of it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you and my mom were like, Oh my God. <laughs> and uh, I think at the end, I finished editing it today. The, at the end of it, you say something to the effect of, well, this was really horrible and I want to go home. <laughs> <laughs> the terrible podcast, Carrie. This is a terrible story. I'm just like, whoopsie. Um, so yeah, it's it's definitely something that we are going to continue and release as a normal, regular podcast once we get moved and um, situated in Raleigh. Uh, but yeah, the very first episode is available on our Patreon. So join Patreon at the two or the five dollar level, two dollar or five dollar level um, to be able to hear that. And speaking of Patreon, we've got our Patreon of the week. This week, it is Matt. So thank you, Matt, so much for joining Patreon. Um, and we, we hope you enjoy it. And we are so grateful for your generosity. And so here is a standing ovation for Matt. Okay, so let's get into this. This is now the, what, our third go through run through that we're doing on uh this location um kind of it's it, it's reminding me of lep castle and <laughs> all the problems we had with that one yep yep i i totally agree so uh let's tell them where we're taking them today or where we're trying to take them today okay. i'm gonna go to my notes so i can no longer see you oh, okay goodbye goodbye all right, boys and girls, we are going to the Congress Plaza Hotel in Chicago, Illinois, United States. Yay! This place, again, it's one of uh, paranormal bucket lists. It's, it's, it's on there, pretty high at the top, too. 
All right. All of my information I found on congressplazahotel.com and some supplemental information from Google Maps because I'm a huge dork like that. Uh, you know what? Your map geekiness, though, really came through in San Francisco. It really helps out. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right. Well, it was originally constructed in 1893. The area surrounding the Congress Plaza Hotel featured cobble streets, gas lights, and horse-drawn carriages. The hotel was originally called the Auditorium Annex when it opened to house the throngs of visitors to the world's Columbian Exposition celebrating the 400th anniversary of Columbus discovering America. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm remembering. I'm remembering this now. That's right. The original conception was an annex with a facade designed to complement Louis Sullivan's auditorium building across the street, at the time housing a remarkable hotel, theater, and office complex. The auditorium annex was built by the famous hotel developer R.H. Southgate. The first section, or North Tower, was designed by Clinton Warren, with Louis Sullivan and Dankmar Adler serving as consultants. Quote, Peacock Alley, a celebrated feature of the new hotel, was an underground marble passageway that connected the new annex with the Auditorium Hotel. Now that sounds snazzy as fuck. Right? Well, it's Chicago. They have under underground access everywhere all over. Oh, wow. I bet that would be really cool to just, like, poke around in. You know oh, what I mean? Pretty, it's pretty neat. When you get a taxi driver who knows how to get around Chicago underneath the city. Really? It will blow your mind. Wow. Okay, cool. The South Tower was constructed between 1902 and 1907, and it was designed by renowned architectural firm Hullabird and Roche. The South Tower construction included a magnificent banquet hall, now known as the Gold Room, which would become the first hotel ballroom in America to use air conditioning. Oh, shit, really? Another ballroom called the Florentine Room was added to the North Tower in 1909. These two famous public rooms combined with the Elizabethan Room and Pompeian Room to host Chicago's elite social events of the day. That's quite culturally diverse. Isn't it, though? I really, yeah. I really enjoy that. Yeah. Huh. Over the years, various owners have updated the hotel in continuous efforts to keep pace with the conveniences offered by modern accommodation properties. Even the name had been changed. By 1908, the hotel had created an identity of its own as it housed more than 1,000 guest rooms. In order to differentiate the now successful hotel from its original form, the owners renamed it to the Congress Hotel, derived from its location on Congress Street across from the celebrated Congress Plaza section of Grant Park in 1911. The next 50 years brought a succession of owners and improvement programs to the Congress Hotel. A 1916 to 17 guest room enhancement project altered the lighting scheme by substituting electrical outlets and desk lamps for cumbersome hanging chandeliers. Oh, I remember this. I remember this. (laughs) The original bathroom plumbing fixtures were replaced in a 1923 to 24 renovation. In the early 1930s, the former Elizabethan room on the ground floor was transformed into a stylish nightclub featuring a revolving bandstand. 
renamed the Joseph Urban Room, it would become the 1935-36 headquarters for an NBC radio show featuring the legendary Benny Goodman. Following the outbreak of World War II, the government purchased the Congress Hotel and used it as headquarters for U.S. Army officers. In 1945, a group of Chicagoans banded together to purchase the hotel from the government and reopened it to the public. Five years later, Pig Hotel Corporation purchased the property and embarked on a multi-million dollar remodeling and modernization program. Mm. The 1950 to 52 renovation involved the creation of a mural encircled lobby, new front desk, new corridors, and new third floor public rooms. Did they get rid of those cumbersome chandeliers that... God, I hope so. (laughs) (laughs) The new corridors, new third floor public rooms, new congressional and presidential suites, and a new supper club called the Glass Hat. Ooh. In the early 1960s, yet another modernization program included the construction of a new ballroom and the addition of escalators, a novelty for hotels during that era. (laughs) Even though the hotel building boom of recent years, the Congress Plaza Hotel has retained its unique character by blending the old with the new. In contrast to many of the formulaic chains and property layouts, guest rooms and suites remain larger, ceilings higher, bathrooms bigger, and window expanses wider. The abundant public space, large lobby, and long corridors provide a freedom of movement rarely seen in the tighter confines of space-saving properties built more for convenience rather than a true destination or getaway spot. Oh, okay. Many famous people have stayed at the hotel, including several U.S. presidents. In fact, the Congress Plaza Hotel was once known as the, quote, home of presidents, among Chicago hotels. Presidents Grover Cleveland, William McKinley, Teddy Roosevelt, William Howard Taft, Woodrow Wilson, Warren Harding, Calvin Coolidge, and Franklin Roosevelt all rallied their partisans to discuss campaign strategies in the heart of Chicago. Oh, wow. The Congress Plaza Hotel has played a prominent role in some of Chicago's most important and famous political conventions. Many memorable interviews, caucuses, and deliberations were staged here. In 1912, former President Teddy Roosevelt's comment to the local media coined the famous, quote, Bull Moose, nickname for his newly created Progressive Party. Mm, okay. In 1932, the hotel was back in the limelight, serving as the command post for President-elect Franklin Roosevelt and the Democratic Party. During the summer of 1952, a national television audience was given a front row seat with the Republican Credentials Committee as they gathered in the Gold Room. In 1971, nearly 3,000 people packed the Great Hall when President Richard Nixon addressed the Midwest chapters of the AARP and National Retired Teachers Association. Goodness, that's a... That okay, I get why it's at the you know president's hotel or mm-hmm. oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean that's that's where you go when you're staying in Chicago. And Carrie, this place and the surrounding area is stunning. Yeah. It's yeah. Just south of downtown and the Chicago River. 
The hotel sits across from Buckingham Fountain in Grant Park, which was dedicated in 1927 and is one of the largest fountains in the world. Most listeners might recognize the fountain from the opening from the TV show Married with Children. Also by our Maggie Park, Millennium Park, which has the bean, um, the Art Institute of Chicago, the Symphony Orchestra Hall, the Museum of Contemporary Photography. I mean, it really right is in the cultural center of the area of the state. The list just goes on and on. On and on and on and on. I can't wait for us to visit. Yeah, it's going to be amazing. I can't wait. We're we're going to be we're going to be looking for parking just so we can walk around and look at everything. A thousand percent, yeah. And and that's that's the history that I've got. That was great, Arch. I had no idea. I mean, I knew that it played a prominent role with different presidencies and administrations, but I didn't. I had didn't know it went so far back to Grover Cleveland. Mm-hmm. So many. That's wild. Oh, it's it's fantastic. It's a great history to read. Yay, that's super. All right, cool. Um, well, let's find out about the ghosts because I think I've forgotten a lot of uh, what I wrote. So, <laughs> uh, let's see here. All right, well, let's get to the ghosts. Um, so, I got my information, as always, from a bunch of different places. So I got my um, information from chicagohauntings.net, patch.com, citypass, tripadvisor, buzzspeed, and wjon, all.com. Oh, wow. Yeah. Lots of, lots of different places. Um, I don't have my mouse with me, so I'm doing a little arrow down forever. Uh, <laughs> so I wanted to start my part out with this, this quote that I had found from one of the articles I'd read. It says, quote, there's the Baymont Inn and Suites in Aurora. There is the old Leland Park, also in Aurora, the Hotel Florence in Chicago's historic Pullman District, the Drake Hotel, the jewel of Lakeshore Drive. And among the multitude of haunted hotels in Chicago, however, none or even all of them together can touch the granddaddy of them all, the Congress Plaza. Oh, that's great. I didn't even realize there were so many haunted hotels in Chicago. I mean, I knew the Drake was, <laughs> but that's a lot. <laughs> that's a lot of haunted hotels. Um, so uh, this article this that I had found said uh, that endless, it it seems, are the stories that echo the tale of James Kennedy, who was a man from New York. He actually checked into the Congress Plaza Hotel alone in May of 1910. He went to his room, cut the dry cleaner tags, identification tags out of his clothes, burned all of his papers, walked to the lake, and shot himself. Apparently. Yeah. (laughs) That took a, a quick, dark turn. Wow, okay. (laughs) (laughs) And we're off to the races. Uh, (laughs) Later that same year, an insurance salesman, Andrew Mack, he called on a friend at his Congress Plaza hotel room before also walking to the lake and apparently drowning himself at the foot of Van Buren Street. Uh, There was also the salesman who threw himself down an elevator shaft. Uh, the drifter who jumped off the roof of the North Tower, and the troubled family man who hanged himself from a cupboard hook. So, 
my my history is not as as nice as yours. No, it, it typically isn't. It typically <laughs> isn't. No, I, I get all the crappy, terrible stuff. Um, <laughs> apparently, in the summer of 1916, there was a mining investor by the name of David Morse, um, and his wife were um, staying there, and they were believed to have formed a suicide pact um, when he was found dead in their Congress hotel room 312 from cyanide poisoning. Now, his wife was also at death's door, but still alive. She claimed that they had taken the cyanide by accident, having confused it with Epsom salts, which I didn't know you could ingest Epsom. You really shouldn't, so. Yeah. I I thought it was a more topical thing. Yeah. Anyway, a few days later, however, she was broke and staying at St. Mary's Mission House on Peoria Street. She tried to throw herself out of a third-story window and was promptly sent to a psychiatric hospital. Uh, yeah. uh, that probably bolsters the claims that it was a, a suicide pact between her and her husband. But yeah. um, in, in more good news, in August of 1939... <laughs> Adele Langer, who was a prog native, she threw her young sons, uh, Carl and Jan, or Jan, J-A-N, Jan, prog, I don't know. Um, Anyway, huh? Aaron, look that up. Yeah, Aaron looked that up. Um, <laughs> she, regardless, she threw her young sons um, from a 13th floor window in the Congress Plaza. Um, her widower described the family's despair at being forced to flee uh, Nazi influence in their homeland, leaving behind their home and their family that I guess she could never recover from, which isn't... It's so sad. It's not surprising. It's just uh, bad all around. Uh, Welcome to the Carrie show. Uh, Bad. It's just bad all around, which we should probably rename the podcast. (laughs) This is just bad all around and getting worse. Um, (laughs) So now in August of 1950, a guest shot a Congress employee and then himself when the staff member came into the guest room to collect on a $104 hotel bill um, from the jobless and distraught border. Yeah, that would be pretty high back then. Uh, yeah, I would imagine. Um, it was pretty high for some people right now. You know what? Yeah. In May of 1966, Rockford attorney Frederick Hay was found naked and strangled with his shirt, his feet, his wrists and feet bound with his own socks. Oh. Yeah. Um, and that's just the, you know... The intentional stuff, there are a plethora of accidents that have happened at this hotel. Um, So a number of accidents have left their mark at the Congress Plaza. In 1904, an elevator operator at the auditorium annex fell 70 feet to the subfloor, dying on impact. In July of 1926, a Galesburg woman by the name of Mrs. Harriet Harrison, she was staying at the Congress with her husband before a planned European excursion. She took a wrong step and plunged six stories down an elevator shaft to the hotel basement. Okay, there's far, far too many open elevator shafts that we're coming across. Exactly. Like, why? Why? 
I mean, I get that maybe it was like a relatively new invention in like the 1904. I mean, but like, why are there so many open, like, why? (laughs) That's all I could come up with is just why all the time. Um, So also, this was probably my favorite one. Serial killer H.H. Holmes would supposedly meet women in the lobby of the Congress before taking them to his murder castle. Murder castle. Yeah, this guy, we're definitely going to cover this guy, and sometimes people suck. Um, He built a hotel that had, like, trap doors and an underground, like, whatever to kill women and do crazy shit with their bodies in. Oh. Uh-huh. Yeah. So be looking forward to that episode, Arch. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mm. You're like, I don't think I'll be a guest host on that one. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> so now the Florentine room that you talked about, which is the, again, you know, the ornately painted ballroom was originally also used as a roller rink when the hotel opened to the world's fair visitors in the 1890s. Security guards, Aaron is going to love this part. Security guards say that on their wee hour rounds, cheerful organ music can still be heard from outside the locked doors of the ballroom, as well as the sound of old wooden skate wheels against the wooden floors. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, The piano is known to play by itself, and a woman may be heard screaming outside a staff door on the east side of the room. The women's restroom in the ballroom is likewise haunted by a female presence who apparently appears in the mirrors staring at you and then following you out of the bathroom down the hallway. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's, that's, that's just creepy bathroom. That's poor, creepy bathroom decorum. (laughs) Don't, (laughs) don't, don't do that. Um, Now in the lavish gold room, which is a hot spot for Chicago wedding receptions, the bride and groom are often chilled by photographers' photos. Apparently there's some bizarre phenomenon that goes on in this hotel where if you take a picture with your wedding party around the grand piano, those photographs tend to develop with one or more people missing from the pictures. Whoa. Yeah. And I guess it's happened often enough that it's become like... It's a thing. Yeah, they're talking about it on paranormal podcasts like ours. <laughs> it's a thing. Um, and apparently uh, the, the doors to the ballroom often tend to be found unlocked no matter how often they are securely shuttered. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, to a security c- person, that would really, really irritate me. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, you know, I I checked these doors four times before my shift ended. What are they doing open again? <laughs> right. Because you could probably, I mean, like, if you're like anything like me, which I'm assuming a lot of people are, you start to maybe think you're the crazy one. Like, I could have sworn I did that. Yeah. 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 I could have sworn I locked that fucking door. Uh-huh. Yeah, maybe I didn't, or maybe I didn't like latch it as hard as I thought I had, or but two and three times, then it starts to become okay. What who's fucking with me at this point? <laughs> yeah. well, um, handy side note to to people who do or may have an obsessive compulsive disorder. I've learned a trick. Oh, okay. Do do tell. Like if you have a problem forgetting if you turn the stove or oven off or locked a door, take a picture of it with yourself of it being off when you leave it. Oh. So not only do you have photographic evidence, most oftentimes 
the act of taking the picture reminds you, oh no, I took a picture of it. I know it's off. And that can sometimes ease the compulsion. It can ease the tension. That is really great. I, uh, where did you hear the, about this? I, I read it on the internet in one of many items on Reddit that I come across. So I love Reddit. I know. I had to share that because I found that to be a helpful thing already. That's really amazing because you're right. The act of taking the photo just sort of reinforces in your mind that you're positive it is turned off or locked or whatever. And sometimes it can help ease the compulsion. That's so great. Just just wanted to put that out there. I know it's off topic, but I had to throw it in. No, but you know what? It was perfect. I mean, it was a perfect um, point in perfect what sense. I was <laughs> saying. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, okay, great. Now we're your therapists, guys. Woohoo. Woohoo. <laughs> Um, I'm just sorry, kidding. We're not, do not follow our advice for mental health. <laughs> Except maybe helpful. Except helpful hints. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So in the South Tower now, there is the phantom who lingers at the fifth floor passenger elevator, again, with the elevators in this place. Oh my God. Yeah, where moaning is frequently heard by guests awaiting the elevator's arrival. The third floor hallways are home to a one-legged man, often reported to the front desk by guests who think a vagrant has found his way inside. Oh, God. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that He's not the only one-legged ghost in this place either. Oh, no. Are you yeah. kidding me? Mm-mm, no, I, I remember now. I'm like, oh, that's right. Um One former hotel operator who worked at the property in the 1940s does remember a resident with a wooden leg who had always had a big smile and a big tip for the employees. He suffered a heart attack at breakfast during his residency and died in the hotel. So they believe that this, this guy, this ghost is, is this man. Um, Also in the South Tower, there's a young boy of about 10 years old that has been a prolific presence. Um, He's often seen running up and down the halls in knee breeches and high button boots, (laughs) which I think is adorable. And I kind of want to see this kid. (laughs) So most people just kind of guess at his identity, um, but some tie him to one of the many families who had made their homes at the hotel in previous years um and they all two common deaths from the then and from the and we're back (laughs) god damn it i was hoping that would go away and it didn't okay Jesus. And the all too common deaths from then incurable illnesses like tuberculosis and pneumonia. So um, as for sleeping rooms, there is only one guest room in the South Tower that is reported to be haunted. And that's room 905, where I guess constant phone static has bedeviled guests for years. Um, The North Tower of this joint, however, is a wildly different story. Um, so if you want to go to the Congress Plaza Hotel, you want to stay there because it's haunted, but you don't want to be too in the thick of the hauntings, stay in the South Tower. However, the North Tower sounds like it'll kind of fuck you up, which of course is That's where it's at. 
Yeah. Which, of course, the North Tower is where I want to stay. Of course. Of course. So, uh uh-oh, hold on. Okay. So in room 474, a once resident judge eternally changes the channels on his cherished television set. (laughs) That would annoy me, especially if I was watching a movie and it was getting really good. And then all of a sudden channel changes. Yeah. yeah, Family guy or some shit. (laughs) I love family guy, but don't interrupt my movie for it. Um, In room 759, another erstwhile resident pulls the door shut from inside when guests try to enter the room. Apparently, (laughs) there there was this elderly gentleman um, who was a longtime resident, lived in the the hotel, and his son had come to take him into a nursing home, um, wanting to stay put at the hotel. The guy mustered all the strength he could to try to keep his son and security guards from opening the door. So apparently even now he remains determined to live at the Congress forever and tries to prevent people from getting in the room. Well, that's great. Isn't that great? <laughs> I was like, you go. You go, you go, old guy. Um, except if I'm trying to get in that room, then stop it. Mm-hmm. Not going anywhere, obviously. <laughs> right? Stop it. Don't. Let me in. I'm not going to make you leave. Just let me in. <laughs> <laughs> So this, the author of this article continues and says, and then there are the rooms that I promised management not to number. The room where the pictures on the wall rotate 360 degrees before the eyes of astonished residents. The room where an impromptu exorcism was held on some unidentified Chicago winter's night not so long ago before the victim was moved to a local convent. Oh. Then there is the room fled by two Marines in 1989, running through the lobby in their boxer shorts at 3 a.m. with the latter with the later explanation that a towering black figure had entered the room from the closet and approached their beds. That would be horribly disgusting. Yeah, that would be a problem. Huge problem. Um, and the room where a woman slit her wrists in the bathtub after a night on Rush Street in the 1970s, who is still said to still be glimpsed during the night by weary travelers. Oh, my. That would be a horrific thing to see. Yeah, the- most, most of those would. I mean, I wouldn't mind the pictures that rotate 360 degrees. I mean, I think that would be pretty cool to watch. <laughs> But but all of the others, no, 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 not so much. Yeah, uh-uh, uh-uh. The, the woman in the bathtub reminds me of The, the Shining. There's oh. that scene where that dead woman is in the bathtub and <laughs> that would creep me out. Um, so all of this, and then there is the room. So rumors have long been going around that it was a room here at the Congress Plaza that partly inspired writer Stephen King to write another story. This one was a short story and it was called 1408. Have you ever heard of this story or the movie or the book? Either one. Only, only from you. Okay. So um, basically the book is, is, and the movie is, it's a, this tale of a professional and skeptical ghost hunter who meets his match in a mysterious hotel room, room 1408, um, that is said to be too haunted to rent to people. Um, so unbelieving the young man convinces the hotel's manager to let him have a, the room for the night, uh, though previous tenants all took their own lives during their stays in it. So 
the real life of 1408 was always to believe to exist on the Congress um, Plaza Hotel's most haunted floor, the 12th floor of the North Tower. Some point to a room which is padlocked and say that's the one. Others say that it's the one that's been boarded up. Still others claim you can't even place it anymore. It's been papered over to remove any sign that it was ever there. Um, this room does in fact remain, but it's not on the 12th floor. And I find it so interesting. And you and I talked about this on the first and probably second go round of this recording when we <laughs> did it. I find it so interesting that this hotel is, is so opulent and so beautiful. And then it does like, it's not even trying to hide the fact that it has rooms that no one can go in. And I mean, like padlocked, one has a chain around it. One, um, there, there, um, is one room that they literally walled up, but they, mm-hmm. you could still tell there was a door there. Yeah. So, um, Apparently, if the room still had a number, the room would be, believe it or not, room number 666, which I don't know if I believe that. But Yeah, yeah that's, that's, that can't be true. Yeah. Um, at some point in time, the spot where this room's door should be was drywalled over. A piece of baseboard was patched in it to connect the wood where the doorway once stood. However, the lintel above the old doorway is still visible, So some have assumed or ventured or guessed that this room was simply put out of use because of its stigmatized number, but there's definitely more to the story. Um, Apparently there's no staff member that claims to remember why the room was sealed off forever, but window washers have said that it was closed up with the furniture still inside, almost as if even the objects in the room were believed to be cursed. So they were just like, fuck it. We're not even going to take the furniture out. Let's just hide this shit and hopefully nobody has problems with it ever again. Just break it up and walk away. Basically. Yes. So um, the author of this article goes on to say, quote, over the past 30 years, I've had my own harrowing moments at the Congress Plaza. There was the morning I was awoken by the sound of the shower blasting full force, steam filling the bathroom. Although when I would take a shower, I could barely get a trickle and little warmth when I tried to take a bath. So that's interesting. (laughs) Whoever's in there was totally fucking with him. And that's kind of interesting and rude. (laughs) Um, he continues, there was the night that my worst fear as a ghost hunter came true. The sheets and blankets were peeled off me by unseen hands as I slept. Nope. That would be terrifying. Yep. That's a nope. Yeah. Also, I think the use of the word peeled off me just kind of like makes that even creepier. (laughs) Uh huh. Like (laughs) that made that sentence super creepy. So good on him. Um, Then he said, then came the night of incessant knocking as we came to christen it. More than a dozen times throughout the night, someone rapped three times on our door, but no one stood on the other side of it. And then there was the night that my daughter and I were kept awake chillingly by the sound of two men whispering at the foot of our bed. Are they still awake? Well, yeah, if you'd shut up for 10 minutes, we might fall asleep. Yeah, but to like (laughs) hear... And you don't know who the fuck there's nobody there and you, but you're hearing people. Are they still awake? That's creepy as hell. (laughs) That's creepy as hell. Um, Other notable reports of hauntings in this hotel. uh, Al Capone is one of them actually. And I think you and I agreed that 
Yeah, I mean that guy. This guy's ghost gets around because he's at Eastern State, he's at Alcatraz, he's here. Uh, <laughs> he gets around, but um, this one makes the most sense to me. I think def- obviously Alcatraz and Eastern State too, but this one partic- in particular because for decades. Um, the ghost of Al Capone has been reported in the hotel's bar and lobby because the hotel was known as a hang as was a known hangout for him. Um, and he always held his quote business meetings there. Mm. Um, several of Capone's business associates and friends also known as the most dangerous criminals in the city's history lived in the, in the hotel throughout the 1920s and 30s. It's reported that the corridors beneath the hotel were used for smuggling, among other nefarious deeds. So in those marble tunnels you were talking about? Mm-hmm. Yeah. However, the truth is that um, Al Capone never actually stayed there, at least not under his name. But residents still see him from time to time. And I had to add this sentence because I thought it was amazing and funny. Residents still see him from time to time walking these hallowed halls with a rat-a-tat of his two-toned wingtips. Oh, God, yeah. Okay, I remember that. <laughs> that sentence, yeah. Um, another notable um, spirit that is seen there is Pegleg Johnny. Now, he's the other guy that I told you about. Wasn't There's not the only one-legged guy there, ghost uh-huh. there. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So, named after his peg leg, the ghost's true identity remains a mystery. Sightings of him have been reported in many guest rooms throughout the Congress Hotel, including the lobby, the dining room, and on many floors. It's believed that peg leg Johnny was a homeless man who lived and was murdered in the alley behind the hotel before it was built. Oh. Yeah. So, his ghost has been um, the most reported apparition in the hotel, and he's actually known for turning on and off lights and appliances. So that's uh, Peg Leg Johnny, which, <laughs> like, what do you hear? Like a footstep and a thud? Like, and like, is that what you hear? Like a footstep, the footstep, thud. or a thunk, maybe. Step thunk, step thunk, step thunk. <laughs> step thunk, step thunk, step thunk, step thunk. Or if they're skipping, step the, step the, step the. oh my god we're going to hell okay oh yeah um so the i guess for decades the ghost of a six-year-old boy has been reportedly running around in the hotel it's believed that during world war one a young mother came to stay in the hotel with her two sons she was supposed to wait for her husband to arrive so they could all start a new life in chicago but apparently as the story goes the husband never arrived and the distraught mother threw herself and her sons out of the hotel window to their deaths why are mothers killing their children from this hotel i was gonna say didn't we already cover that but that was from World War II. Oh, yeah. Okay. So it's reported that one of the bodies didn't make it to the city morgue, that of the little spirit boy who spent decades chasing guests. But there's no signs of the mother or no sightings of the mother have ever been reported. So I have no idea why mothers are just hawking their kids out of the windows of this hotel. Um, now, the 1408 room, this room... <sighs> Guests staying here make more calls to security and the front desk than those staying in any other room in the hotel. Now, if you remember, it's not entirely clear which room Stephen King got the idea for this story in, 
So there is apparently a very notorious room in the Congress Plaza Hotel. And a lot of people think this is the 1408 room. But this room actually is room 441. And guests, like I said, staying in this room, they make more calls to security in the front desk more than anybody staying in any other rooms in the hotel. So um, they report seeing the dark figure of a woman who kicks them awake. Bitch. Guests also report seeing objects moving and hearing terrifying noises. Um, Again, Stephen King's book is about this hotel room that is notorious for causing suicides, but no suicides in the real room 441 have ever been reported. Um, But I do think it's interesting that security is called more for this guest room than any other room in this ginormous hotel. Let's see. So now there's also the workman who supposedly got buried behind the walls when the hotel was being built, but who is now just... (laughs) who is now just referred to as, quote, the hand of mystery. Oh, Lord. (laughs) Referring to his gloved hand that supposedly sticks out of a wall in the closets behind the balcony in the gold room. Uh, What is with all the displaced body parts in this hotel? Can't be true. I mean, that would be funny if it were, though. Oh, God. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so as for others, there's a legend has it that, uh, oops, hold on, sorry. I went down too far and like dropped to the bottom of the, my notes. Um, legend has it that a lone man roams the eighth floor where the elevator is. Here we go back to the fucking elevator where the elevator is said to stop frequently, even though no one has pushed a button and then voices are heard in the ballrooms, even though no one, no one is in there. Mm. Um, now, you know, I love a good trip advisor review. So I found this one um, from Twisted Elegance 25, left this trip advisor review in 2009 about the Congress Plaza Hotel. And they say, quote, I stayed there on a company trip, so I didn't actually pick this hotel. All I know is it was definitely haunted. I was laying on my bed and the curtain moved to the side as if somebody was peeking at me. Then my friend said she heard someone whistling in our room when she was in the bathroom. She looked out and nobody was there, and it happened three different times. She said, I had no idea this hotel was even haunted until I told my friend about it, and he looked the hotel up for me. He sent me the link about it. This hotel is one of the most haunted hotels in Chicago. (laughs) I wish I had known this before I stayed there. The hallways look like the hallways from that movie, The Shining. (laughs) (laughs) the bed was super uncomfortable the room was absolutely freezing it was so hot out too i had to ask the bell guy for a lot of extra blankets and my friend and i were still freezing so then i asked them how to turn the heater on and he said they only turned the hotel heater on during the winter time he came back to our room and felt how cold it was so he searched the hotel for a portable heater um, for us and thank god he found one it somewhat helped a little the hotel seemed really pretty downstairs but the rooms i didn't like very much at all i felt like i was staying in an old grandma's room anyways if you guys like ghosts then yeah sure stay at this hotel lol (laughs) oh my god yeah i loved it i was like wow all right she's not mincing words this little girl so um now we get to the buzzfeed investigation and this is not done by our friends Ryan and Shane. Um, this was done by a staff writer named Anna Kopsky. She took a friend of hers there 
And to do an invest, a paranormal investigation of the Congress Plaza Hotel. And then this is the article she wrote about their experiences. This girl, let me freaking tell you. Um, I remember this. Do you remember this? This is the one that we talk about in Jerome. <laughs> this is it. Okay, so <laughs> this investigation by this Anna and her friend. So she said that they had gone ghost hunting and they found ghosts named Dora and Mabel. In their room, they met one named Mary. Um, and she gets to, we'll get to Mary later. But she said that we could also, they had downloaded an app um, to their phone that was supposed to detect ghosts and like kind of be a spirit box type of app. Um, and you could like ask questions and then like the app would pop up, like whatever the answer was for the ghosts. Now I know that there are some legit apps out there that can be ghost hunting equipment, you, you know, use that are like legit, but there are some apps that are total bullshit. Um, the this particular app particular app she said we could ask them questions and every few minutes it would respond with something horrifying like time for some fun or leave the room <laughs> yeah so then they began um exploring the hotel and her friend whose name was ren apparently was the braver of the two of them so she started knocking on doors and opening up sketchy closets <laughs> <laughs> Kind of like I wanted to do when we were at the Jerome Grand. That would be the carry. Yep. <laughs> Even though Archie wouldn't let me do that. Anyway. Um, so she said that they also noticed a lot of rooms were locked from the outside. And they had learned that the rooms, it, the rooms in the hotel are supposedly off limits to guests where too much paranormal activity had been reported. So... It, she goes on to say this hotel is nice. Okay. Still it's so spooky to have just like middle school locker type locks on doors in this famous hotel along Lake Michigan. And you and I were talking about that just a few minutes ago that it's like, this is a swanky place. And mm -hmm. they just like arbitrarily have like random rooms. That's very obvious. They don't, they don't want people in. Right. <clears throat> So she said that they trekked up to the 12th floor, that notorious haunted one, and they wanted to find the most famous room that had been boarded up. And I guess when Ren knocked on the door, the sound was completely hollow because obviously it was a boarded up room. And she said something moved inside because it sounded like a knock back at them. That's crazy. Right? Um She's, she does say, we could have just been imagining it, but it scared the shit out of us, so we bolted. <laughs> <laughs> she said they decided to take a break to calm down, and then they went down to the most notoriously haunted room in the entire hotel, room 441. Uh, just looking at the door, it seemed like someone had gone out of their way to make it look terrifying. And that's the, the picture that I showed you, Archie, where it looked like they had taken the number sign of a couple of different rooms and kind of cut them in half and sort of piece together the room number. Mm -hmm. Like the border was missing off of like the one side and the bottom. And it just sort of looked like kind of, you know, one of those like ransom note where you cut a bunch of different letters from different magazines and you kind of piece <laughs> together this fucking note. That's kind of what the, the room number looks like. And we'll put it on our social media for you guys to see. Um, it, it's, it's, 
very out of place with the kind of hotel that this is. So she says, okay, so here was the scariest part of the night, reuniting with Mary, the ghost we met in our room. Legend has it, there's a shadow woman who kicks guests awake in spooky room 441. Her name isn't known, but Ren and I were pretty damn sure this woman was Mary, especially since we were staying just a few doors down from the super haunted room 441. It was around 1 a.m. and we were determined to come into contact with the spirit the ghost detector app had located in our room earlier. So I pulled out my phone again, which said we had found a demon this time. Could it be an angry Mary because we were disturbing her quiet, peaceful night? For some reason, this is the part, Arch. For some reason, I yelled, hey, Mary, suck my ass. Suck my ass. (laughs) (laughs) Dumbest shit you could do ever. Um, She's... God. She says, uh, because I was delirious and this is the person I am. (laughs) God. Um, immediately we heard a huge bang in the corner of our room. It had to be demon Mary. It freaked me out. And I swear I felt my stomach drop out of my ass. This girl is obsessed with her ass. I guess. <laughs> um, but I kept repeating over and over that it was a coincidence. The building is old, so it could have been pipes. Right. Right. <laughs> um, she said Ren was not convinced and it scared the shit out of her so much that she didn't sleep all night. Um, we sat in nervous silence until I eventually fell asleep. So then at the end of the article, she, they each recap their experience. Uh. <laughs> and so Ren, I, I didn't re, I didn't put Anna's recap in, but Ren's was really funny. She said, I was pretty creeped out by the hotel and the experience. It could be because I knew that I'd be sleeping in a haunted place, or it could be because Anna decided to tell one of the ghosts to suck her ass and, <laughs> and still managed to fall asleep later, even though I stayed up the whole night complimenting Mary so she didn't, didn't end up murdering us or holding us <laughs> hostage like John Cusack in 1408. this poor girl um she says we survived though so i would most definitely return for another creepy adventure but yeah this poor girl meanwhile the one that started it all is like sleeping totally fine and her terrified friend is like thinking that this furious demon is in there. (laughs) So there was a reporter, (laughs) there was a reporter from WJON who had gone there as well. And he writes, quote, my experience with the haunted part of the hotel started after our first night in the morning. My friend told me that he swore he saw a shadow like figure standing by his bed when he woke up in the middle of the night. He says he woke up and saw the figure for a second or two before it quote dissolved away. Yeah. Um, he goes on to say that the first thing we checked out was the 12th floor. Apparently there was a room so haunted and awful on the 12th floor that staff had to seal it away from being used. I almost didn't believe it, but our trip to the 12th floor revealed a sealed off door with no handle. I knocked on the area and it seemed hollow like there was a room on the other side. I also started feeling a little off on that same floor. It's a ghost story cliche, but it felt like I was being watched. It honestly gave me the feeling of wanting to leave the area as soon as I could. I had read stories of people having to leave the Congress in the middle of the night because they felt paranoid and couldn't sleep. Um, And I remember when we first recorded this, when I was in San Diego, Archie, you and I had gotten to talking about maybe the 12th floor 
is like um, like a Faraday cage, like a fear cage, where maybe there's just so much electromagnetic energy up there that it could actually, they're called fear cages because you, people that are sensitive to high quantities of electromagnetic fields can start to feel paranoid and scared. And um, there are some famous, you know, haunted locations that are considered fear cages for people that are really sensitive to that kind of, to, to those kinds of things. So maybe that's the 12th floor of this place. What is possible? Yeah. Um, He said he had the same feeling inside the staircases. I felt paranoid and swore I was hearing voices when I went from floor to floor. I look back and credit this to me psyching myself up at the time. Still, certain areas of the hotel made me more uneasy than others. Um, He says, during our improv Ghostbusters tour, we also saw several rooms sealed away with padlocks. One door, which appeared to lead to another section of the hotel, was locked with with an intimidating chain. We also walked past room 441. Bloggs claimed it was the most complained about room in the hotel because a ghostly woman shakes the bed inside the room in the middle of the night. At the end of the night, I saw no ghosts and remain a skeptic. I feel like everything I saw or heard could be credited to hotel maintenance or my own mind playing tricks on me. However, I can't let go of the fact that certain areas of the building did make me feel really uneasy, particularly the 12th floor and the staircases. That's a lot. That's interesting. That's, yeah, that's pretty crazy. So um, in closing, um, I did include this part from um, the beginning article that I had started my part with. Um, It said that, quote, whatever beliefs, the beliefs of others, my own experiences have firmly rooted this enigmatic spot at the pinnacle of my most haunted. Escorting in thousands of tour guests of these 15 years, I have observed that whether they walk in believing or not, most who enter the Congress today are struck by a peculiar feeling. Something's not quite right, something menacing or sinister as it's variously described. Most leave agreeing that they would rather be alone almost anywhere, but in the hallways of this storied monument to Chicago's troubled past, full of sorrow and secrets with always room for one more. That's what I've got on the the hauntings of the Congress Plaza Hotel. Um, Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm quite anxious to go there and, and, and check this place out for myself. Um, I do have no before you go. It is located at 520 South Michigan Avenue in Chicago, Illinois, 60605. You can call them for reservations at area code 312-427-3800. And, um, their rates are between like 56 and, and $95 right now. Um, it's, they're off season, obviously, because, you know, like you said, Arch, no, nobody's wanting to go to Chicago in the winter um, <laughs> or the fall. Um, and uh, yeah, so their room rates, this is their off season. So room rates are pretty cheap. Plus also, you know, COVID and yeah, and all of that stuff. Um, I think as of right now, again, we're recording this on November 21st. The episode is actually going to drop on December 5th. But Takuma lives in Chicago, and he said that, that they're under that 14-day quarantine thing if you come to Chicago right now. So mm. I don't know how many people are doing that. Um, but, yeah, so just kind of keep that in mind. Probably not enough. Probably not enough, no. Um, so, yeah, that's the Congress Plaza Hotel. I, uh, I love it. I, I can't wait to go. And um, I think it's going to be crazy. 
But I also um, really, really hope that this episode takes. I, I hope it sticks. I, I hope the recording is fine and we don't have to do this bullshit again. So putting our faith on Zoom. We're putting our faith on Zoom. So don't let us down, Zoom. Um, so yeah, that's that's all I got on Congress Plaza. What are your thoughts on the whole joint? That was great. I know, I know. We do love us a good haunted hotel here at History of the Haunting. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, yeah, um, we're going to go, guys. We hope you enjoyed it. And um, leave us comments. Have you been to the Congress Plaza? If if you have, have you had any crazy shit happen? Takuma and his girlfriend and their son did stay there a couple of months ago. um, But he said they were on the 11th floor and he didn't see anything. There was, there was nothing. Um, Tsukuma doesn't really believe in any of this though, but you know, he supports me and my, you know, crazy, (laughs) crazy beliefs. Um, So anyway, that's, that's that on that next week, we come back with a brand new location and a brand new guest host in our friend, Laura. So Arch, why don't you, as always, tell them where they can find us. As always, we can be found all over social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. What's the Twitter. The Twitter. We're all at HOH Podcast. Also at www.hohpodcast.com and Patreon. Nay, hey, you remembered. I'm working on it. <laughs> you know, you don't have to say www. anymore, right? I know. I'm just too old. uh yes patreon slash h-o-a-h podcast uh we have two dollar and five dollar donor levels so hop on over there and check out all the fun stuff that we're doing we actually um are getting ready to send out our holiday gifts to the patreon so that's something that i'm going to be working on this evening um yeah like i said archie uh, was going to come over and then my dogs got us in trouble with the landlord. So when he was going to come over, we were going to put together all of the Patreon gifts, the holiday gifts for the Patreons. But now I guess I'll just do it by myself. Cause now you fly out black Friday. I fly out black Friday. Okay. Well, um, by the time this airs, Thanksgiving has already come and gone. So I hope everybody had a wonderful Thanksgiving. I hope you got to see some of your family. If you didn't and you, you decided to be socially distant and stay home. Um, I'm glad that you better see them over zoom than in the ICU. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Here. Yeah. So, um, but I hope everybody, you know, is full of Turkey, which by the way, Arch, uh, we ordered a Turkey with our grocery order like a turkey breast, not a turkey turkey, and they were out. So now Koi and I have to go out after this and try to find a turkey breast. Oh, boy. We can. Otherwise, it'll be turkey sandwiches all around on Thanksgiving. (laughs) Deli turkey. Yay! Yay! Yay. (laughs) So I've got got lots to do this evening. Um, So we're going to take off. What are you going to do this evening? Uh, um, Relax. Cool. Okay. Well, you and I need to have a little podcast meeting powwow, but we can do that over text because we have, you know, we got to pick our locations and stuff for the rest of the year and into, into 2021, if you can freaking believe it. I hope it's better than 2020 because this year has sucked so bad. Fucking fingers crossed. Sucked so bad. 
Anyway, all right. We love you guys. We are so grateful for you. And um, yeah, if you have episode location suggestions, send us an email, uh, tweet us. We twit, so uh, (laughs) twit us. Uh, Otherwise, we will see you next week at a brand new location and a brand new guest host. And that's all from us. All right. Be careful because you never know who or what is watching. (laughs) Bye, guys. Bye.